Hello, and welcome to another episode of This is the Voice of the Prophet. This week's message is entitled, What Makes the Difference When We Cry? For some, as soon as we hear the word cry or crying, we immediately begin to garner images of pain, suffering, distress, and depression. That word can bring forth depictions of struggles, battles, spiritual warfare, and emotionally succumbing to things that are too overwhelming for us to deal with. The word cry or crying for many means hurt, wounded, and injured. That's not just physically, but mentally and spiritually as well. In actuality, all of those things can be a part of what brings about the weeping that many of us have done and still have yet to do. However, what each of us need to remember is that not only is it all right to cry, but sometimes it's absolutely necessary. Never let anyone tell you not to cry. In 1996, because I was a pastor, prophet, and leader in my community, when my husband, who was also my lover and best friend, went home to be with the father, people actually thought that I wasn't supposed to cry. There were some who looked at me differently after his funeral because I allowed my tears of grief and pain to flow publicly. Apparently, some felt that because I was a quote-unquote woman of God, that I was supposed to be so strong that no matter what occurred in my life, I should have been forbidden to express my pain and grief. Unfortunately, there are those who still feel the same way today, not only about others, but about themselves as well. So let me say here and now to each and every one of you who are listening, to every man, woman, boy, and girl, it's okay to cry. It's okay to let tears run down your face because of the hurt that's in your heart. It's all right. In fact, it's good to release the tears to flow from your eyes during your times of agony, afflictions, and distress. And that's not just for our emotions, but for our mental states as well. Don't ever let anyone, including yourself, deny you that period in your life when you need to let your tears flow. About a year after my husband's passing, I started attending Bible college. One of the first writing assignments the class received from our English professor was to write a research paper on any topic of our choice. Since it was still so fresh and recent in my life, I chose to research the topic of grief. I had been dealing with that issue for over a year and still had my times, days, and even weeks of crying. I wanted to know if I would ever get past that particular season in my life, but most importantly, I desired to know what God would have me to understand through what I was experiencing. I needed to know if I had done something wrong for me to be suffering such emotional pain. Had my wonderful husband been given to me only for me to be punished and crushed when he was taken away? I was crying out to the Father consistently and just wasn't sure if he was hearing me. But now, if I know nothing else, I know that he not only hears us, but when he hears, 
he answers. There is a reason for our tears and a purpose that they are to accomplish. During my research for my English class assignment, I learned that tears actually contain different chemical compounds depending on the types of tears being shed. Tears of joy, such as in the birth of a new baby or at a wedding, in comparison to tears of grief and pain, are two totally different variety of tears. Our tears of pain and grief actually contain chemical compounds within them that are soothing as well as calming to those who shed them. Therefore, when we cry those types of tears, they actually bring us a degree of comfort as we shed them. This is why oftentimes after a good cry, to all intents and purposes, in effect, we feel somewhat better. After a really good one, we often feel like we can get up and move again. So go ahead and cry when you feel the need. Then get up, wipe your face, blow your nose, and move on until the next time. Do not deny yourself a good cry when you need one. There's an importance and a purpose for crying. Don't feel that your tears are in vain or with no hope. During those times of weeping, we must understand that these are also the times when we're crying out to the Father. These are the times that our hearts hurt so much that for many, all that they can muster through their tears are the words, God help me. The Israelites cried out to God over and over throughout his word at various times for various reasons. And when we read his word, where these occurrences took place, we also see that when they cried out, he answered. In the 107th division of Psalms, in four different verses, it reads nearly the same thing. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. In the sixth verse, it reads that he delivered them. In the 13th and 19th verse, it says when they cried out, he saved them. And in the 28th verse, it reads that he brought them out of their distress. Let's look at the similarities as well as the differences so we can understand just a bit better the importance and purpose of crying. Each verse reads, then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. This isn't just a matter of them screaming and yelling, although there are times that when we cry, we do scream and yell as well. One of the things that I've shared in the past and I'll always remember is one day as I was crying over my husband's death, I wanted to break something. I wanted something to be as broken as I felt. I was about to throw what I had in my hand, but when I looked at it, I realized it was my good crystal. Changed my mind real quick. But going back to our topic, the psalmist spoke of those who cried out to the Lord. However, what we, what we must note is the different reasons they cried out to him. In the first verses, the psalmist speaks of people going through hard times. They were lost in the wilderness, wandering in the desert, hungry, starving, not finding anywhere to truly settle or make a home for themselves. Obviously, 
This was more than distressful for these people. However, when they cried out to the Father, he delivered them. In verses 10 through 16, those who cried out were in darkness, in prisons and chains because of their rebellion against God's word. But when they cried out to him, he saved them from their distresses. Verses 17 through 22 speaks of those who suffered afflictions because of their iniquities. Yet God heard them when they cried out to him, and he saved them as well from their distress, and he healed them. Finally, we see in the last verses, 23 through 30, that these were people sailing on the seas through storms. These sailors as well cried out to God, and the word says that he brought them out of their distresses. Were the things that God did for his people back then in the past things that we can't experience today? Of course not. He didn't love them any more than he loves us right now. The whole purpose of his word, the whole purpose of the psalmist writing about these people crying out to God back then is so that we would know, trust, and have faith in God today. There are so many who are in spiritual wildernesses right now, just as there were those who were lost in the desert that the psalmist spoke of. There are so many today who are spiritually starving, financially destitute, wandering from place to place, hoping that their lives will finally come to a time of security and purpose. They are those whose lives are in darkness right now, not knowing what to do or which way to go. For some reason, it seems that nothing they do is helping, and their lives are in a continual downward spiral. They seem to be going around that same mountain of poverty and failures over and over again. They're hurting, depressed, and even angry because because they know that this is not what their lives are supposed to be. They're crying out to the Father to help them find their way. If you truly listen, you can hear those who are lost in the wilderness, not in Africa or some other third world country, but right here in the United States, in your state, in your hometown, in your neighborhood, even in your own house. They're hurting, wandering, and crying out to the Father in their troubles. And yes, he will hear them and deliver them from their distress. They are those who are in bondage. As the psalmist said, some sat in darkness, in utter darkness. But they were in that darkness for a reason. As verse 11 reads, because they rebelled against God's command and despised the plans of the Most High. Proverbs tells us that there's a way that seems right to man, but the end thereof leads to death. They are those who followed ways that God never intended. They twisted the word of God, and now they're sitting in darkness and chains. Remember the popular televangelist Jim Baker who went to prison? He twisted God's word and lied to manipulate the people of God. I truly believe that they are those just like him, like Kenneth Copeland, Paula White, and so many other televangelists, prophets, and pastors 
who are actually sitting in spiritual darknesses right now. They are totally lost as to the way to go or what to do. And unfortunately, they have absolutely no idea of the torment that's awaiting them. But there are others also, those who were taught the word of God, those who knew right from wrong, but yet knowingly chose to go away that God never intended. They are those who are praying for their sons, daughters, husbands, wives, and even parents who were taught the word of God, sat in churches and Bible studies, but still got caught up in, in gangs, drugs, adulteries, or some other sin in spite of knowing and being told over and over to go the other way. Yet they chose to rebel and despised God's plan. And now they sit in prisons, in spiritual darknesses and chains. They willfully disobeyed and purposely ignored God's word and changed his plans for their lives. They hated what God had planned and implemented their own. So God chastised them. He subjected them to bitter labor with no one to help. And yet, in our Father's infinite mercy, when they cried out to him, if they cry out to him, he was and is still willing to save them from their distress. For those who have rebelled against God's word, no matter why they chose to do so, when they find themselves in their bitter times, if they cry out to the Father, when their chastisements come upon them, God will forgive and save. There's another class of people that the psalmist spoke of. He said that they became fools because of their foolishness and suffered afflictions because of their iniquities. These people are different from those who purposely chose to go against the word of God. Although in the New International Version of the Bible, we see the word rebellion in the 17th verse, but that word is not used in many other versions of the Bible, including the King James. These people's sins were in their foolish choices and poor decisions, not necessarily the type of obstinate, stubborn, and perverse rebellion one would see in those spoken of earlier who are sitting in darkness and prisons. We've all heard the expression, if I had known then what I know now. In other words, if we had known better, if we had had more wisdom, knowledge, or common sense, we wouldn't have made the poor decisions that we made in the past. We wouldn't have committed the sins that we committed. We wouldn't have done a lot of the things that we did, but because of our poor choices, bad decisions, and foolish mistakes, many of us have had to cry out to God in our afflictions. And yet again, he has not only heard and saved us from our distress, but he's also healed us. Finally, the psalmist speaks of those who are truly not doing anything wrong per se. They weren't wandering in the wilderness or rebelling. They weren't purposely disobeying God, sinning or making poor decisions. But nonetheless, they were caught in and being tossed about in terrible storms. Like many of us, to the best of our abilities, 
we're doing what we're supposed to be doing according to the word and will of the Father. But still, somehow, we manage to get caught up in the storms of life. Many are being tossed about by things too big and strong for them to deal with. Countless numbers of us have been through the storms of life and some are still going through those storms. It's not because of sin, but just because of the way life is. Even when we are faithful to the Father, there are hard things that happen in life. Remember when Jesus spoke of the Tower of Siloam that fell on 18 men and he said that they were no less sinful than anyone else? There are things that happens during one's existence that are out of their control. These things aren't brought on by any sin that one might have committed, but yet the storms of life happen. But when they come and things get so hard, we must always remember that we can cry out to God. He will hear, he will answer, and he will bring us out of our distresses. In the 27th chapter of Acts, Paul was being brought to trial before Caesar. He had warned the captain, the owner of the ship, as well as the centurion who had charge over him not to sail. However, Paul was not in charge. He had no say in what was happening to him or the ship. Through no choice of his own and no willful decision that he made, Paul found himself in a storm that those on the ship thought would end their lives. The crew and captain had given up hope and thought surely that they would all die. But in the 25th verse, Paul said to them, So keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. Let me say to you, to those of you who are going through the storms right now, keep up your courage because God is going to bring you through this. You didn't ask for the economy to do what it's doing. You didn't ask for light bills, water bills, rents, and so forth to be beyond your financial control. You didn't ask for COVID, hospital bills, and food prices to go sky high, but it happened. Yet, Again, I say to you, as Paul said to the men on that ship, keep up your courage, have faith in God, and it will happen just as he has promised. Some might ask, is it really just that easy? Some might even say that they have cried out to the Father, perhaps many times. Is it really just the matter that all we have to do is cry? Is it just that easy that if we cry out to God loud enough that he will answer? Is there something else that must be done that goes along with us crying? Do we have to fast and pray or make special sacrifices to the Father in order for him to hear us? Should we wake up every morning before the sun comes up to pray so that he will hear us? What's the difference in the prayers of the people who are still waiting and those whom he has already answered? What's the difference between the tears and cries of one person and the heartfelt weepings of another? Next week, I will share with you the important distinctions of crying out to God and what makes the difference when we cry. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of This is the Voice of the Prophet. 
I ask that each of you would share this podcast with others and always remember that it's available for listening on every podcast server and app. I continue to ask you for your support through your prayers. You can contact me through my email at amieagle at charter.net. That's A-M-I-T-E-E-A-G-L-E at charter.net and through the Facebook post or Facebook messenger. Thank you again for your prayers and support and may God bless each and every one of you.